Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Uh, thank you for joining us on DSTV Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And if you're listening to us on our website, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we're going to be looking at a very interesting uh, outcome, which is the recent Sadek Solidarity Conference uh, with the Sahrawi Arab Democratic Republic, which was held last week. And the Sadek region confirmed its support for the decolonization of the occupation territory of the Western Saharan for holding of a referendum on self-determination for the Sahrawi people. The regional bloc hosted a solidarity conference with the people of the Sahrawi Arab Democratic Republic in Pretoria last week. The meeting was opened by South African President Cyril Ramaphosa and also his Namibian counterpart and also the SADC chairperson was also, uh, also one of the key speakers. It was attended by representatives from over 40 countries including the Ugandan President Yoweri Museveni, Zimbabwe's MSM Nangagwa, and former Nigerian President Olasujun Obasanj, as well as the President of Western Sahara, Ibrahim Ghali. Well, to help us on this particular topic, we're joined on the line by Peter Fabricius, who is an ISS consultant and foreign affairs journalist. Uh, we're hijacking him this morning because I know uh, that he's in a high-level uh, gathering and presser that's taking place at DECO. So anytime we might have to let him go. And also, I think we're going to have Ibrahim Dean, who is uh, the researcher at the Afro-Middle East Center. In our studios, we've got our uh, executive producer, uh, for Channel Africa, Charlie Kumalo, also to assist us on this particular subject matter. But I want to start the conversation with you, Peter, because I don't want to actually uh, try fate because I don't know how long I'll have you here in terms of this uh, uh, meeting that is actually underway there. But, um, Peter, tell us a little bit about uh, what you think about what informed this particular SADC meeting, because one would ask why would SADC be interested in the case between Morocco and Western Sahara? Yeah, hi, thanks. Okay, yeah, look, um, SADC has had an interest in this for a long time. I mean, um, all the countries, or most of the countries, I should say, of SADC are, you could say, more recently decolonized themselves than, than other countries in Africa on average. So this issue is very live for them, and I mean, especially for South Africa, which has got a, a particular um, a, a, a kind of ideological, if you like, uh, sympathy with the Sahari Arab Democratic Republic. So what occasioned this, this particular meeting is that after Morocco came back into the, um, the AU in Mexico, the, you know, I mean, was, that, that move was opposed by 10 static countries, not all the same. Mm. And particularly, you know, South Africa and other former liberation movements were very much at the forefront. And I think the idea was to try and uh, to, to revive the issue, really, to, which has been fairly dormant in a way, to, because of a suspicion, I think, that Morocco might try to use its, its, its membership of the AU to, to force the, um, the Sahari mm. Arab Democratic mm. Republic out. So mm. that's really the background to it, I would say. Mm. Let me come to you, uh, um, Charlie, in terms of that context. We know that now Morocco is also a member within the African Union, as was cited now uh, by Peter. What do you think this uh, collectivism that we've seen from the SADC region in terms of the self-determination of Western Sahara means from a regional level versus what's happening in the African Union? Well, uh, I think, uh, thank you so much, uh, Benji, and to all our listeners out there. I think uh, the main important issue here is uh, 
The former liberation movements in the Southern African region have actually, you know, resuscitated their impetus, you know, to liberate the entire African continent. Mm. You look at the countries that played an instrumental role in this conference. There's the ANC of South Africa, Freelim of Mozambique, ZANU, PF of Zimbabwe, SWAP of Namibia. Mm. These were the countries that actually convened this conference. Well, uh, I think one other important factor we have to look into is that uh, they were actually saying to their Sahrawi comrades, we haven't forgotten you, we are still with you, we still pledge our solidarity with you. Mm. But uh, what's important now is uh, what difference is this conference going to do or to make? Because we have several of this type of conferences. Mm. It's not a new one. Mm. Is this one going to you know, display some impetus that will spare on mm. the United Nations Mm. And, of course, the African Union you know, mm. to start taking the issue of Western Sahara seriously. Mm. Let me come back to you, Peter, in terms of what Charlie is highlighting in our studio, in terms of will this conference actually make any type of difference? Can it put any form of pressure, especially from an African Union level? I know also the United Nations is also uh, holding negotiation talks between these uh, uh, two um, parties. Yeah, you see, that, that, is, that is an important question. It, it's hard to say if, if it will. I mean, I, I think how, how it should be viewed as this, as static has become, in a way, a kind of a, 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 a kind of a, a, a lobby group, if you mm. want to put it like that, sure. within the AU, and even within the, the, the AU and the UN for, uh, for this issue. Because, uh, as you mentioned, the UN uh, has taken this up, and, and, and the, the new special envoy, who is the personal representative of the Secretary General, Horst uh, Kohler, is, is doing quite a good job. I mean, he brought the, all of the principal parties together last December and again this, this, uh, last month. And, and so uh, the, the, what, the, what the Moroccans are saying, and, and that's what they, that they called the, this rival conference in Marrakech at the same time as, as this conference last week, is to basically say, look, the UN has got this under control. This this effort down south in Sadiq is is just a distraction. You know, it's it's interference in a process that's mm. been agreed on, even at the AU. And there is some, on paper at least, there's some merit in that argument because the AU has kind of, in, in last last year at its summit in Mauritania, more or less ceded the ground to um, the the UN, which is a matter of regret, obviously, to Sadiq, which feels that the AU is not paying sufficient attention. And I mean, the AU was not represented at this meeting last week, which is quite significant, you know. The AU Secretary, uh, um, AU Commission Chairperson, Mr. Saki, was actually personally invited uh, and didn't attend and didn't even send anybody, which uh, I think one has to read something into mm-hmm. that, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of these two conferences that were held at the same week, you highlighted even the Morocco um, side conference that took place, uh, uh, Peter. Do they say anything of um, who, which standpoint these uh, Morocco representatives or whether it's uh, the Western Sahara representatives are standing on? Do you think this is actually going to spur some point uh, forward to see these uh, two parties actually sitting on a negotiating ta- table and and actually taking things forward in terms of the issue of the self-determination for the, for the Sahrawi people? You know, the, um, the African Union had not been very successful in bringing these parties together. You know, mm-hmm. they had the special envoy for the AU, uh, Joachim Sichasana, the former Mozambican president, 
but hasn't hasn't gained any traction as far as one can make out. He hasn't managed to address the UN Security Council. He hasn't managed to bring the parties together. So there seems to be, and I mean, that's probably largely because of Morocco. But uh, so Morocco, for whatever reason, and one can speculate about that, has decided that the UN process is a better forum for their, in their interests than, than the AU would be. And so, um, so I mean, it doesn't look like, if, if your question is, are there going to be talks taking place within the, within the, the forum of AU? Mm. No, I don't think so. Mm. So I think, I think that, that what, what the effect of this uh, declaration from the, the meeting here in Pretoria last week might be is, is just to basically put a, a light of, bit of a fire under the AU to take this issue more seriously. So they're demanding, for example, that the AU should put this issue on the, sum, on the agenda of every summit, that this troika of, of, um, of, of AU leaders plus the, the AU Commission chairperson, which was, has been uh, designated to, to actually attend to this issue, that they must report to every summit. Because they, they, in fact, what what Sadiq, I think is trying to do is to make sure that this issue doesn't die uh, on the on the AU agenda. So they mm-hmm. trying to keep they they're trying to keep it alive. Even and, but they acknowledge that the that the UN is is the primary forum uh, for 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 negotiating this. And I think for, for no other reason that the UN has been showing some progress. You know. Mm. Well, uh, that's the voice there of Peter Fabricius, uh, who's joining us uh, on the line there, ISS consultant and foreign affairs journalist. You should go check out his piece on this particular uh, topic uh, on uh, the ISS website, or you can go to the Daily Maverick website titled Former Liberation Movements uh, Charged to the Rescue of Western Sahara. Let me take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to be joined in this particular panel by a researcher at the Afro-Middle East Center, Ibrahim Dean. He'll join us for this conversation. But let Let's take a quick one. We'll be back after this. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunya Nzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. 
It's 20 minutes past 11. Thank you for joining us here on uh, African Dialogue. You're listening to us on Channel Africa, where you get the African perspective. Thank you for joining us on DSTV Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. You can also stream us online on www.channelafrica.co.za. We're speaking to our guests today, looking back at uh, the SADC meeting that was uh, focusing on the self-determination of the Sahrawi people. I'm joined in the studio by Chalu Kumalu, who's one of our executive producers here at Channel Africa. And also on the line, we have Peter Fabricius, who's been very gracious to join us. I know that he's at uh, the DECO uh, meeting, presser here. We know that there's been a big presser this morning that's been called. So thank you, Peter, for making that time for us. But as soon as you need us to let you go, just give us a signal. Also, we've got Ibrahim Dean now, researcher at the Afro-Middle East Center. So let me start with you, Ibrahim, before I come back to uh, Brachali in our studios. Ibrahim, we've been talking about this uh, issue of this uh, uh, solidarity that we've seen from a SADC region on this issue of Western Sahara. But where I'm trying to figure out is whether there are different standpoints in the different regions in terms of the interpretation of what people think should be done with Morocco and Western Sahara. Do you think the SADC region could create more fragmentation? And if so, how in terms of uh, the conversations that happen on an AU level? I think this is this is one of the key things, and this is why SADC met. Is that most of the or you know of the other regions continentally are actually, you know, have become closer to the Moroccan stance, um, uh, you know, on on Western Sahara or the Sahara Arab Democratic Republic, um, you know, especially the the Arab states and uh, Western, you know, West Africa, specifically Frank, Francophone states. Um, and so, you know, in 2017, before this whole conference was conceived, you know, Morocco was readmitted into the AU with so much support that they didn't actually need to, you know, it was just a show of hands. It wasn't actually a formal vote. But more than that, just prior to, uh, a few months prior to the conference, there, were, there was a declaration by 28 of the African Union states basically calling uh, for the African Union to suspend the membership of the Sahrawi Arab Democratic Republic. Uh, and, you know, ever since that, what what has happened is, uh, you know, SADC and South Africa, specifically with Algeria, has tried to spearhead an effort to, to you know, regain some of the lost ground um, on the Sahrawi issue. Uh, so, yes, SADC, you know, because South Africa is so dominant within within the context of, of this, you know, of the sub-region, uh, is the main reason it was a SADC conference. But also, you know, within SADC, there's divisions. You know, as Peter's article, I think, brilliantly points out and very factually points out, there's many countries such as your Zambia, such as your Malawi, that went to both summits. And actually other countries like Zambia, for example, and Mozambique, that have actually suspended recognition of the of the SADR in the past few years. So, you know, there is, there is you know, there has always, this Morocco has been gaining continental, even if it were going to a continental body, you know, the African Union, which hasn't really been the case ever. You know, the UN has always uh, tried to uh, see, you know, because of Morocco's, uh, you know, um, because of Morocco's, basically, it's it going out of the African Union in the 1980s, the Sahrawi issue has always been a UN issue. Um, and even now, within the EU, it's probably Morocco has a stronger stance than, or at least stronger support than it previously had. And South Africa and Algeria are grappling to try and find, uh, uh, you know, a way to come back in. And the best way to do this is by having the Solidarity Conference and inviting these formal liberation movements because, 
you know, they may be able to change the agenda, but I don't think it will be very successful, though. Mm. Charlie, let me, let me come to you in terms of what we're hearing there from Ibrahim, especially the, the dominance of Morocco's influence on an AU level. What are your thoughts around those semantics that were brought forward there? It's, it's quite true. Mm. Remember, before it was readmitted to the African Union, the King of Morocco traveled around the African continent meeting certain African leaders. To me, he was buying some votes. He was actually buying friendship. And of course, they all succumbed to that. How Morocco managed to be readmitted to the AU was very controversial. It should not have happened the way it happened. At least they should have put up conditions to say, look, you are part of the African family. We cannot isolate you, dear brother. Come on board. However, here are the conditions. You have colonized a fellow African country. Leave that country to determine its own future. Decolonize or let us help you to decolonize Western Sahara. There were no such conditions. Morocco actually told itself that I won the support of certain African countries. I managed to twist their arm, you know. And as a result, Morocco stands where it stands today, very happy, laughing at certain countries that are still opposed to its uh, readmission to the AU. And again, Morocco has a nerve or the arrogance again because it has been supported by several Western countries, very powerful Western countries. Some of them are permanent members of the Security Council who are actually you know, plundering the resources of Western Sahara with complete impunity. You know, so a country like Morocco, I mean, really, it's not because uh, it's part and parcel of the African community. It's because it undermines sub-Saharan African countries. The way it has acted, the way it has managed to manipulate these countries, it actually tells you that uh, it looks down upon African leaders. Because the AU of today, Mm. it's no longer the African Union of Kenneth Kaunda, Samura Machel, Kwame Nkrumah. You know, and uh, Julius Nyerere, mm. it's a completely different type of leadership that we have. That could be bribed at any time. That could be bought. Some of them, people of low morals, political morals. Mm. We have seen that with the situation in the Middle East, the issue of Palestine, for an example. We still see that with Morocco. Mm. Let, let me take this particular point to you, Peter. Do you think, as um, Charlie is alluding to here, that uh, Morocco has an upper hand? We know that there's a lot of exploiting of natural resources from uh, Western Sahara, as was pointed there by Charlie. Peter? And those are two issues. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear yeah. you. Yeah, so, I mean, yes, uh, as I also alluded to before, I think it, it does seem to me that um, that the Morocco is gaining uh, support. If you if you look at the issue of recognition of the Sahari Arab Democratic Republic, it's quite interesting because it sort of goes backwards and forth. You know, some countries recognize and they, they rescind their recognition and then they re-recognize and so on. And, and that, that's probably, as, as he, Charlie was suggesting, got something to do with money coming from Morocco, at least in part. Uh, but uh, I, I tried to get an up-to-date assessment before I wrote that article, and it looked to me like 20 countries were recognizing, um, you know, the SADR, mm. if you don't count the SADR itself. Mm. So let's say 20 of the 54, mm. you know, excluding SADR. So in other words, the others have a majority of like something like 34. Although the, some countries, yeah, I mean, are kind of lukewarm on the issue, so it's not, it's not absolutely clear-cut. 
Yeah, and when it comes to yeah morality, sure. I mean, I think the Moroccans are, are wealthy. They, they like this conference that was held last week. That was held obviously as a spontaneous. I mean, a response to the 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 Sadiq, the, the Sadiq conference. And as Gwede Mantasha pointed out very bluntly, there he said probably being sponsored with uh, with the, the the revenue from uh, uh, exploiting Western Sahara's uh, natural resources of phosphate. But I mean, look. You know that's one way of looking at it, but certainly that is, that is an, an issue. And so, it, yeah, I mean, Sadiq is is definitely on the defensive here because they 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 not they're not controlling this process. This is a bit of a late entry in the sense the conference was due two years ago, um, and it's hard to see. Mm-hmm. You see, I, it, it's also not absolutely clear what 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 the the, the, the effect of this negotiations taking place in the UN will mean. But as Charlie was suggesting, on the UN, of course, Morocco has important allies. It has France, it has, to a lesser extent, maybe the US. These are, these are both veto-wielding Western powers. So if some issue comes out of these talks that is not acceptable to Morocco, I guess it has blockers, you know. Ibrahim, hmm. you, you, you want to suggest anything in this part of, of the conversation before we come back to the issue that was brought by Peter? I'd like us to also look at issues of uh, around uh, the, the implementations of uh, um, the, the, the Western Sahara referendum from an AU level. And also after that, we'll look at uh, other issues of uh, the, the Troika AU report that uh, um, Peter, Peter was talking about. But in, when, in, in considering these issues of the the, the global global uh, dimensions of this issue. It's very interesting where we are with the, the two gents and, and their views here. No, it's true. I mean, ever since the end of the Cold War, you know, and and, and likely because of Moroccan, you know, there's, there's, there's Moroccan foreign direct investment in the continent is second to South Africa. So it's, uh, you know, radically uptick foreign direct investment. And also, you know, especially with uh, Francophonic countries, there's cultural, religious links, right? Uh, like Gabon and the very, you know, uh, predominantly Muslim countries. Um, but, you know, in, in, as, as Peter says, there's only now 20 countries that recognize the SADR on, 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 you know, on, at the AU, on an AU level. Uh, the number previously, if I, if I stand to be corrected, was around 34 previously. So we're seeing a trend of actual... You know, actual Decline. support waning, mm, yeah. and you know, uh, um, unfortunately, uh, Sadek and, and South Africa and Algeria have been a bit too late. Uh, you know, or are now at least entering the fray, but a bit too late. That this conference is now organised after Morocco is re, you know, has re-entered the African Union. After we already had these 28 countries, uh, you know, uh, calling for uh, Morocco to uh, uh, the EU to suspend this SADR. And I think the one problem with uh, with this this uh, the Sadek conference, in a sense, is it's yes, it's calling for a greater African Union role, and I think that's that's a good thing. I think, though, at an international or global level, the Trump administration seems, but you know, a lot less supportive of Morocco than previous administrations were, such as the Clint, uh, you know, the Bush and Obama administrations. Um, and so, it may be losing a plot by actually calling, you know, for you know, trying to de um, to demote the UN's role because Trump wants a, um, a solution. He wants to get rid of Minerso. Uh, which actually may be something that may force a solution. Mm. Because currently what is happening is Morocco is playing a waiting game. It's creating facts on the ground. It's now, uh, uh, you know, incorporated uh, the Sahrawi, uh, you know, territory of Western Sahara as part of its 2007 regionalization drive, splitting it into 
three different what it called southern provinces. Uh, you know, it's it's exploiting the resources. But, I mean, the the territory that Polisario control now is about 15% of the, you know, <laughs> of the actual mm-hmm. Sahrawi territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I mean, in calling for uh, the African Union, I think Sadek does need to be careful that it may actually play into Morocco's hands as well. All right, so I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we uh, come back, we'll just get our final views in terms of uh, our final section of the conversation, especially I want to come back uh, to Peter's point around uh, uh, this uh, SADC uh, meeting, actually pushing for more implementation when it comes to this issue from an AU level. But let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gonez Malka, every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements, the voice of the African Renaissance, from an African perspective. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, right here on Channel Africa. Well, uh, let's uh, really get into this particular conversation, but I want you as the listener to listen back to some of what happened at this particular ASADEC region. Uh, one of our colleagues here at the SABC, Debo Mukobo, was there. Let's hear this report and what he had to say and find out there. Although many believe that the 1994 oil race elections in South Africa signaled the end of colonialism in Africa, Pretoria begs to differ. International Relations Minister Lindy Wesisulu says until the last colony in the continent, the Sahrawi Arab Democratic Republic is decolonized, no one in the African continent can claim to be truly free. We are here to ensure that indeed we have a post-colonial Africa in all our states because it is incorrect to repeat the regular reference in our subcontinent and calling us a post-colonial continent. We are not until the people of Saharawi are free. We're here for a just cause. We're here to make sure that the people of Saharawi have their right to determine their own future. The year 2019 marks 28 years since the signing of the Western Sahara Ceasefire Agreement, yet the people of Saharawi have, year in and year out, since then been denied the opportunity of holding a referendum to determine their future. Her sentiments were echoed by Namibian Deputy Prime Minister Netumbo Nandindaitwa, who urged Morocco to respect the UN resolution on Western Sahara. The only thing we are calling for is the implementation of relevant resolutions of the UN, whereby the people of Western Sahara will be given the chance to determine their own future. 
Well, that was that report there by Ndebo Mugobo, looking at some of uh, uh, the voices there that were at uh, the SADC meeting on uh, the issue of uh, Western Sahara. But let me start with you, Ibrahim, as you could hear there, the very demanding tone of this particular uh, conference and just was highlighted by Peter earlier on. It's all about implementation from an African Union level. Uh, What are your thoughts around these demands of implementation, especially around the referendum on uh, Western Sahara uh, within the African Union context? One is, uh, there's a few things that, that just need to be noted. One is, you know, uh, and Morocco was colonized by Spanish Sahara, so it's definitely, de- I mean, not uh, Western Sahara, so it's, you know, definitely, um, in a sense, at least part of the African Union seen as a colonial entity. However, Morocco is one of the few countries, uh, together with Somalia, which didn't sign the agreement on the indivisibility of colonial borders in 1966. Uh, two is, I think, when we talk about the referendum uh, and the implementation of the referendum, uh, you know, this this. The problem is, unfortunately, things on the ground have changed. So we had the 19, you know, the big issue in the early 90s was the issue about who would be eligible to vote in this referendum, because Morocco has resettled much of its, you know, many, much of its citizens, I think, two, three hundred thousand citizens, into Sahrawi territory. The the problem is, or the, the the problem becomes when we look at the fact that, unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, the the region was there wasn't states in the 1800s. And so, you know, um, many Moroccan tribes do have uh, links to the Rgibat, which is the biggest Sahrawi tribe, right? And many have, you know, the, the Rgibat, for example, previously pledged allegiance to, uh, you know, the Mauritanian Amir uh, in, in the 1800s. So it's it, it, it become very difficult now, especially 20 years later after the 1998 voter registration, is if we have an implementation and if we need to implement a, a, a referendum, Who's going to be voting in the referendum? That's, that's going to be an issue that's going to delay the process further. And three, I think the big issue with Morocco is the, the king. You know, if, if, if he loses uh, Western Sahara, especially after the river protest that happened last year, basically it poses a threat to the regime itself. And so the regime is very unlikely to actually accept any solution that would see you know, any bit of independence granted to a Western Sahara. Now, unfortunately, you know, because also because of the, you know, the secession of South Sudan and the instability that happened after South Sudan, many global countries and many regional countries as well are also fearful of new states. Um, mm-hmm. So we need to figure out a way of trying to find new solutions to this issue, mm-hmm. uh, which would speed up the process, because if it's extended as it looks like it's mm-hmm. going to be, um, it actually benefits, uh, you know, uh, Rabat. Mm. Peter, your thoughts on, on the, the implementation of this referendum? Seems like it's uh, a bit of a complex process in itself, yeah. as alluded to by Ibrahim. Yeah, no, I agree with I agree with everything Ibrahim said about that. You know, the the, vote, the question of the voters' role for this referendum is immensely complicated. You know, on both sides, the Moroccans are saying a lot of their people emigrated from Western Sahara to you know to Morocco, and as as Ibrahim was saying. So the Western Sahara and people say that, you know, that Morocco actually kind of, uh, you know, it, it settles 300,000 or so Moroccans in, in Western Sahara. So, you know, whether they should be included or not is a major issue. And I also agree with that completely that the international community is very wary of a, a succession, succession, succeeding 
States because of South Sudan. You know, one solution, except that it's, it's kind of long-term, and I don't know if it, if, if, it, if it would ever be enough to satisfy the Swahari people, it's been suggested that if the, the Arab Maghreb Union, unit of, uh, um, of the Arab Maghreb, were to integrate more closely together, it, it would, to some degree, defuse that situation. But that's also a very unlikely prospect, given the, you know, the, all the conflicts in Libya and so forth. So, I don't know. It's a very tricky issue, you know, and I suspect it's going to be with us for a while to come. Hmm. Charlie, your final sentiments? Uh, well, I would say that uh, the onus lies with the African continent at the moment. I mean, look at how the UN handled the matter. It has been on the table of the UN Security Council since 1991, and until now, nothing has come forward. I would say the entire African continent, the AU itself, must sit down with the government of the Kingdom of Morocco and say, listen here, brother, you have been readmitted to the continental family. You are part and parcel of the family. Here are the conditions, the code of conduct, respect for mankind, respect for human rights, and so on. And, of course, foreign sovereignty. The part of the continent called Western Sahara it's a foreign territory. It does not belong to Morocco. Decolonize that country. The issue of referendum, to me, it's, it's a null and void issue right now. I wouldn't talk about you know, a referendum anymore. I would talk about decolonization of Western Sahara and allow the people of Western Sahara to determine their destiny. That's all I can say. But unfortunately, we have a very weak continental body. It is the one that is to call the shots, it is the one that at the moment has a leverage to talk or to influence change, you know, to knock some sense into the head of the king, King Hassan, you know, King Mohammed VI, I'm sorry. You know, if this doesn't happen within, you know, the next five years, the issue of Western Sahara is going to be a forgotten issue. It has been forgotten for quite some time. Sadek was trying to revive it. And uh, unfortunately, it hasn't gone any far because Sadek is far away from Western Sahara. It's right at the tip of the continent. Western Sahara is right in the west. And all the countries that are in the west are dead silent simply because some of them have been won over by the king. All right. So, Ibrahim, your final sentiments. I mean, I agree. I think it's, it's unfortunate what has happened in Western Sahara. And I think we need to find solutions that, are both, that would both allow for uh, Sahrawi some form of, of control and be realistic because the, con- the situation on the continent has changed. The situation with the AU has changed. It's no longer what it was previously. And so we have to find a solution because if this doesn't happen, you know, we don't find a solution soon. Um, basically, Morocco will resettle more people in, the, uh, in Western Sahara, and basically, you know, the, 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 the struggle as a whole would disappear. Also, you know, we need to know, and one of the things we haven't looked at is the fact that there's currently a leadership struggle in Algeria, and you know yeah, that impact so. that it's going to have on Western Sahara going forward. That's yeah. you know that you know Polisario gets more of its support from Algeria. If this is to change, yeah. the issue will disappear totally. Yeah. Peter. Yeah, I know. I agree. It's a, it's a very tricky, and maybe the solution does lie in some kind of, a, at least as a temporary measure, some sort of um, autonomy, you know, uh, federation or whatever. You see, to, to Charlie's point that the referendum is just not going to happen, and therefore, you know, West Sahara, uh, Morocco must simply accept independence. You know, that's not realistic. It's not going to happen. Okay, I must run. Thank you.
All right, thank you so much, Peter. <laughs> and uh, you actually left you left us just when we needed you to leave, <laughs> just at the end of the conversation, and where you were disagreeing with uh, Brad Charlie there. But thank you to our fantastic guests. Uh, uh, thank you to Peter Fabricius. Thank you. He was holding on the line there outside a presser uh, to South Africa's Durko's uh, officers. So thank you to him. He's an ISS consultant and foreign affairs journalist. So thank you to the unit for making him actually stay as long as he could and thank you to Ibrahim Dean as well researcher at the Afro Middle East Center and a friend of African Dialogue Ibrahim thank you for giving us your time as well Thanks for having me. Thanks to thanks to Charlie Kumalo as well, executive producer for Channel Africa, for giving us his time as well.